Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Stealing First Podcast. I'm your host once again, Alec Eskin, and this is the second episode since the return since the return of it. And uh, with, like we said last, like I said last week, there's going to be a lot to talk about, including trade deadline potential moves as well as Phillies' performance after the All Star break, which to be quite frank with you, it's pretty up and down. Uh, not four and four. Like you, you wouldn't be t- necessarily surprised, but the way it's happened is, has been, is the thing that's surprising about it. So, so far after the all-star break, they got swept at home by the Chicago Cubs, uh, lo- losing the first game, like 15, two, then, then six, two, and then four, three. And those games, the offense just did not show up a combined six runs throughout that entire series. And just, just a lackluster, lackluster play throughout it all, and this included some some pretty some pretty bad play from Nick Castellanos, who after after Saturday's game, what was asked a question by Jim Salisbury, saying, "Did you hear the boos?" And he did not particularly take well that response. And then Jim Salisbury didn't, didn't take well to to Castellanos's response to his question while either. So they all so they there was a bit of a confrontation there, which. A lot of the fans were really unha- were, were really unhappy with Castellanos because a lot of people thought that that, that Castellanos was being a jerk about it, about, about the way he answered the question, and, the, and also the fact that he's been playing that he'd been playing really poorly up until that point. However, he's been pretty good so far in the Pirates series. Currently, four for ten, buying four hundred, and is an RBI to, to boot with that as well. Um, and then also, and then also. Just again, just no hitting that series, and and, and just wasn't we're not able to figure out how they can hit the Cubs. And then the next year's against the Braves went pretty well for um for all intents and purposes. Won the first game six four, which included a, a go ahead throw and home run by Rice and Stott, who's been swinging the bat pretty well as of late, almost up to two hundred now. And again, that doesn't sound great, but from where he was, it's a really really good thing. And then and then also the pitching held up really well, really really well too. That was that, that included Ranger Suarez, Kyle Gibson, and well, Aaron Nolan didn't pitch necessarily well that game. The game he pitched, but but overall good pitching from from the Phillies as well as the bullpen. And the first in the first game, on six four, the bullpen kept the minute uh, after Suarez. He gave up three runs, but none of them were earned, and only one run given up given up by the bullpen. And they were able to pull that one out late. Uh, bull, again, the bullpen was keeping them in games, and that's one of the reasons why they've been. Doing pretty well by the reason, well, the reasons why they're two games, why they're five, why they're five games above 500 this season. Well, now it's technically six, and now and, and again, this just shows you how how, how much better the Phillies are playing under, under Thompson, where Girardi the bullpen was a mess. Now, with now under Thompson, the Phillies have a top 10 unit bullpen in baseball. And again, and again, this just goes to show again, it's a side note here, like just just how good Thompson has been, and then. And then the Pirates series so far, it's been it's been a bit of a roller coaster. I think that the first game they only won eight seven, but they should have that game one. In the bottom of the ninth inning, Jerice Familia actually gave up five earned runs before Dominguez came, luckily came in the game and closed it out. And this was calling for Familia's for Familia to be DFA, and I would have to agree with that. He's just he just has not been that. He's been pretty bad this year. He's not been good at all. And also, he's not—he's not like him on the fan base. And there's some pitchers in the minor leagues that have pitched better than him, or at least every chance. Like, for example, Marco Pelli pitched really well this year, and he's in the minor leagues right now. And and I can't really think of a reason why he's still there, considering that Familia is still on the roster. And and then I would, all, and then same with like Francisco Morales, who pitched fairly well in the limited time he was here. And then 
Also, Jojo Romero, he didn't pitch particularly well, but I would like to give him chances because he just came back from Tommy John surgery. Before that, he was a he was a solid pitcher. So again, 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 familiar. Just again, just not a likable guy at all either. Just not, I again, I'm starting. I'm really questioning why he's still on the why he's still on the roster. He's a currently has a six six point zero zero ERA right now, and that's not that's by far the worst ERA of all the pitchers in the bullpen. And then, which, which again, 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 the problem I feel like that I could I could get I keeps continue is that at least the Phillies in terms of front office, Dombrowski and Milton seemed to seem to have loyalty to veterans, even no matter no matter how good or no matter how bad. They just they can't seem to they, they don't they, they don't like they don't like getting rid of veterans just cause, just because they're veterans, even no matter how, how good or bad they are. Like like um like I was reading some from Alex Carr, like there's three players on the roster who who are veterans who don't deserve to be there, just and they're only there because of their name. And I'm thinking for the ones that come to mind are Dries Familia, D. Gregorius, and and Odubo Herrera, those are the ones that come to mind too. Again, I'm, the thorough might not be right, but or Herrera might, be, might not be right. But I mean, again, I don't know why they're on the roster. And then same with like Jairo Munoz. I mean, Nick Mayton's been banging 364 since he got back since he got back to the Valley off his rehab assignment, and 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 Munoz, he's I don't get why he's still here. I mean, he's just not that good. He, he's a, he's a decent fielder and a decent, and he's no he's a mediocre hitter at best, I'd say. He's better than Gregorius, but I mean, there's just no reason for him. There's again because Maytons and the Myers. Why is he still up here? He's he's like the Ronald Torres this year, where a journeyman player who's no future with the team, but he's but yeah, he's still getting playing time over younger players who I think are better. I think again, I think Mayton is better than than Munoz, and I think that and what I would do is if if Segura and once once Segura comes back, I'd bring up Mayton and Segura and and actually DFA. Gregorius and Munoz. I think that would significantly significantly help the roster. So you're, you're is a right for it's a right and lefty for right and lefty batter for right and lefty batter. It's not you're not really you're not really changing you're not really there's not really an, un, an unbalance. Everything's balanced. So why not make a move? And then and look and now and now looking ahead. I mean now looking ahead, the Phillies they've got some moves at the at the deadline to potentially make. We're going to talk about some moves so far and that will be later on, but. Right now, the Phillies they they need to they they they're playing well right now. They're they're currently they currently hold the wild card spot because even though they're tied with the Cardinals, they do on the tiebreaker. So they're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to see they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to uh, get at least get some a starting pitcher as center fielder, and I'd like a bullpen piece as well, another one, just to give it some more depth. Um, because um what was, and also the starting pitcher, you might want to control the one one of them and one of the people that and one of the um, pitchers that Philadelphia has been interested in is. Zach Pelzak, a, a starter for the Guardians, has a 4.0 ADRA, and is current. And he's not that great, but I mean, he he's a he's a middle he's a solid middle, middle of the rotation guy, who can who, who's controllable. He, who's here? Who's currently under contract through that would be 2027, or actually 2025 or 2027. Not sure about that, but regardless, he is controllable for a while, and he's gonna and he's gonna be he's gonna be a. And he and again because Eflin, because of Eflin's injuries and because Gibson is probably not going to be around after this year, it'd be real nice to get to get someone like that for the future. So I would I could see why they're definitely interested in. Him. But then I definitely and I also think there's better stars out there, better trade candidates. So, but that but then let's but let's just see how their off how their off season acquisitions acquisitions have gone so far before we 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 figure out what they need to do with the deadline or at least what what more they they should trade for. So so far they. There's been some hits and misses. Brad Hand has been 
has been electric so far this year, has a 1.9 on ERA, and has been able to has been a good set man for the Phillies so far this year, which I wasn't expecting. I thought that I thought he was a mediocre reliever, and I thought that he was he was someone who who, who would come in later, who would come in when the Phillies were behind and tr- at least try to keep them in it. But no, he's been a solid set man for them in close games. I've been re- I've been real impressed to see, see what he's brought to the table at, at, at his age, and also and also Kyle Schwarber. Or rather, let's let's go Schwarber, Schwarber later. Corey Knebel, after a, a bit of a rough start and the and the closure will start during, through June, he's really he's really picked it up lately, and then has only around one run and has left last fifteen appearances as a one point two three ERA. He's been fantastic. He's been fantastic ever since he moved up to the moved into the, the uh, separate. I believe he has a two point seven nine ERA. He's been he's been he's been really really solid for them ever since ever since he struggled early on the year and. I would, I get stuff. I would like him back. I mean, I would like, I'd like to see him, see the Phillies resign. I mean, it's time for $10 million this off season. You can get potentially some more, some more after that. And then, and then, the, and then let's, and then other, another guy has been Andrew Bellotti. Uh, he's, he's one of the more unexpected successes of the Phillies off season. No one really knew who he was. He signed a mile, he signed a mile contract with, a, with an invite to spring training originally. And, He's currently getting paid league minimum, but he currently has a 3.24 ERA in 37 appearances, as 13.2 strikeouts per nine innings. And again, and he's and he's and he's been a solid guy to keep them in games. Like again, he's he's one of the back end bullpen pitchers. Which the fact that the guy with a 3.27 ERA is one of the back end bullpen pitchers and is one of the guys that keeps you in games, I think it's pretty darn good. Uh, he got he's been again again t- a lot, again good teams have 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 a few of those guys who are unexpectedly good. And that guy has been Andrew Bellotti. And then also Nick Nelson, who who was acquired for really cheap from the Yankees, who is meant to be a long who who is brought to be a long man who has has been really has been really solid too, three point nine feet three point nine four ERA. And has had some has had a bunch of a bunch of uh, long relief appearances pitching at least two innings fifteen times this season. And this included four solid, four great innings against the Mets and three and third innings against the Padres again. Both those starts, he came in for starters who had to leave because because of pitch count, just getting just getting hit around or both. And he's and again and then in those games, he, he kept the Phillies within striking distance, and they won. And they I think they wound up winning both those games actually. And then and then after that, I mean, the, the, I think the best, biggest success of the offseason, or well, the, let's let's say that for last actually, Garrett Stubbs, another guy who a lot of people didn't think was going to was going to be that successful, he. He's buying 275 right now with eight eight extra base, base hits, including four home runs, and just 76 play appearances. And he didn't a home run. I don't, I don't believe he had a home run in his major league career before this year. He's a real side saw behind the plate, good defender, and and he's been a decent hitter this year. And that's where not a lot of people were expecting him to be that great. A lot of people were expecting him to be, were expecting him to be a mediocre hitter. And again, another guy acquired for next to nothing, and he's been a really solid backup catcher for the Phillies. Yeah, I believe he's under team control for a while now too. So that's so that, that so that, again another really good acquisition by Dave Dombrowski. And then finally, their big, biggest success of the offseason, I think by far, is Kyle Schwarber. Currently, has 31 home runs this. Currently, has 32 home runs this year. I'm sorry, uh, and he has 65 RBIs with the Phillies so far. He he could. There's a good chance he gets to 100 this year. And again, just really, really, just really, really, really solid. You can't. You cannot ask for anything more. More of him. Just fantastic. Play just fantastic play, great hitting. There's not there's not a great batting average, but he gets on base, he walks. And whenever he hits the ball, he hits the ball hard. 
that he, he's doing exactly what the Phillies brought, brought, brought him in to do. Now let's get to more, some more disappointing acquisitions. Uh, let's start with the Uncle Margo. Not a big disappointment. He was he brought he pretty much kind of was expected to, to do what he's doing this year. He's a good he's a, he's a very good defender pretty much anywhere you put it anywhere you put him. Not the greatest hitter, but he's also not but he's also not that he's also not he's also like not not does not make that huge of an impact. And then next off is you could argue, I, I think honestly, familiar he's he's a, he, that was a really bad sign, but that wasn't the worst one. He's a 6.00 ERA and 1.28, 1.82 whip. And he, he ranks dead last in, in whip and second last in, second to last in ERA, in ERA for pitchers in the major leagues. He's just in, again, again, that, that last, his last appearance to the Pirates. I can't believe that wasn't there on the coffin for him with this time with the Phillies. Cause I mean, you can't, you, you can't even trust him to go in, go in games where you have a six run lead. He can't, he, 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 he can't even perform in non-pressure spots and at that point you know like it just you know it's over it's it's over and look it's a one-year contract at six million dollars they signed it for it wasn't it wasn't a good one it was a bad sign when you just got you just got right off and say hey let's give one of our younger guys a chance or one of the pitchers one of the younger pitchers a chance and they cut our losses and then honestly the worst sign i think so far has been nick castellanos he's been struggling mightily so far during the year, again that again that again he had a uh, he, he has one home run in his last fifty games. He is he, he can't seem to he can't, he can't seem to get any power. Like he's been hitting the ball a little better lately in the Pirate series, but just can't get it, can't get much power. And he's he's currently batting two fifty three, and 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 is and is has had, has had second second to worst career lows this year with the Phillies. He he said he said that um. That he blames that on a new city, a new a new team, just trying to figure stuff out. But again, it's his fall from his fall this year has been really weird and really unexpected to see. And I don't think anyone can really figure out what's going on. And then and then that's and then so then he, but he's been solid. Like is it he's not solid exactly, but he's been average. Which for a guy getting paid five years, one hundred million dollars, you can't you can't be average. You have to be you have to be close to an all star. And he's not been that nearly that this year. Now moving into the deadline, the needs for the Phillies are starting pitcher, center fielder, and reliever in that order. So the first one, so so there was so there was one one trade candidate that got that that was that that was all, that was on my list. I just got traded to the Mariners last night. And that was Luis Castillo. He was he has been he has he's electric for the Reds this year, pitching at a two point seven seven ERA, and he was traded for he was traded for three of the three of the Mariners' top five prospects. So they. Basically paid the King's ransom for Castillo, but that's good. But I mean, I could. It's a. I would say it's more of a win-win for both teams. And honestly, I could argue the Reds have been the dead. The Reds can be have been the winners at the deadline so far this year. But again, we'll get into that a little bit later. But then, and then my favorite, my favorite uh, starter that it has not been traded yet, it who 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 the A's been looking to trade throughout the entirety of this year has been Frankie Montes. Who I've had on my list all year long I, as my favorite as my favorite starting pitching trade potential trade chip. 3.26 ERA, 3.30 FIP. Um, he's under control not only this year but next year as well, and he's and he's only missed a couple starts and and he could potentially be like he's he's been pitching kind of like an ace. Like he he he's probably like a like a like a number two starter right now, and that's and that and he would, he'd be a solid guy at the, at the. I don't think you would have to give a ton to get him. 
So I think that that's something you should trade from the deadline. And then another guy I looked at, like a, a close, a, a second favorite, a close favorite, like a close two favorite, is Zach Gallon. He's a start. He's a starter with the with the um with the with the Diamondbacks, and he hasn't been mentioned in a lot of rumors, but make a lot of sense for the Phillies. The, the Diamondbacks have not been good this year at all. They are going to be looked. They're going to look to be sellers. He has a 3.36 ERA as as a 3.48 ERA since 2019, and is our and is under club control through 2025. I think he'd be a great fit for the Phillies. He'd be, be a great uh, he'd be great alongside Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, and he's from South and he's from South Jersey too. So he's pitching right in his backyard. So uh, realistic, like logistically, I think that makes a lot of sense. You might have to give a little bit more for him just because he's under control for a little longer. But again, I think he's a I think he's a solid name for them. And the Phillies want to go for a rental. They can go for Mike Clevenger too, as a three point five ERA. Um, and they're trying to, and, they're, and again, the Padres are trying to get more bats. So they're trying. They've been trying. They've they have a lot of great pitching, but they don't have enough bats. So that's what they're. That's their goal at the deadline. So they might sell pitchers, but might try. But they, and they might buy on hitters. So maybe you could potentially put package maybe Derek Hall or Reese Hoskins in that trade. Maybe you could potentially do that. And you want, I don't think you have to give up a lot because again, free agent at the end of the year, but a solid pitcher. And then, and then there's another, and then people mentioning Noah Syndergaard, but I don't like him personally. I think he's, I don't think he has anymore. He's a 4.00 ERA. And he's definitely had a fall from grace throughout, throughout the last few years, a little too injury point for me as well. So that's why I'm not, I'm not in on him. And then one guy I'd also like to look at is Cedric Mullins from, the Orioles, he's a he's a solid he's a solid center fielder for them. He can he's a great defender. He's quick. He's pretty much he's pretty much better than any, than anything they have. He's a two, he's a two fifty nine average, which is way better than any than any average of any Philly center fielder. And he won't and he wouldn't cost that much. And then and then another guy you could, you could potentially look at is Ian Happ. He'd be more expensive. He's a very good hitter. He's, he's more of a designate. I'm not sure he can play he can play center field, but again. He made the all-star team this year and a very, very, and a very, very solid, solid hitter. So if the Phillies were to trade for, if the Phillies were to get the Kings ransom for someone, it'd probably be him if, if or rather a, a larger trade. But again, Dombrowski has already said that, that McGarry, Abel, and Painter are off the table. They're, they're not trading them no matter what. So basically their top trading. So assuming that those guys are actually off the table, their top trading pieces would be then, would be would then be Rojas, and Logan are happy. And both of them are playing really, 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 really well double A. And the fact they're so high, I think also makes them more valuable to, to, to other sellers. And that could, and again, they, they, the Phillies, they could, but I think they get a lot. Cause I mean, the Cubs, the Cubs it would make sense for them because they don't have necessarily have a, a top catching prospect in their system. And they're also li- very likely to trade Wilson Contreras as well. So they're going to need a top, they're going to need a top catching prospect and, Logan Happy is, is currently a top 100 prospect in baseball, one of the best catching prospects in baseball overall. So, a potential Cubs Phillies trade might, might make sense on that from that from that from specifically that perspective. And now, look again. Look, now we're going to more national news. Uh, the Phillies, not necessarily the Phillies, but teams around baseball. So the first trade that was made was Andrew Benintendi to the. To the uh, to the Yankees going from from the Royals and that was a that was a Phillies trade target. I never thought he was realistic because he can't play center field, so that so I'm not I wasn't I, so I, it made sense. He was he was traded for like for the Yankees number nineteen number twenty one prospect as well as another one. 
the, the Yankees made a good trade. I thought they didn't have to get a heck of a lot, but Ben Tenney was an all-star this year too. So why, I'd, I'd say, why not? And then, but, but what that also does is that could that could potentially take them out of the out of the running for the, for, for, the, for Juan Soto, who again the Nationals, who again the Nationals are looking to trade. They just offered him a, a one mate just made one final offer to him, and if he turns that down, which it pro- he probably will, he's going to get traded no matter what. So he's mo- so I, so by August second, he will not be on the Nationals roster anymore. And then. So then the Nash, and then the Yankees were one of the teams in the running form. They're looking for 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 an outfielder now because they got Ben Attendee. They're they're probably not gonna need him as much. Although they could be they could potentially be signing on Joey Gallo, who's batting who I believe is batting one eight who's batting one eighteen this year and, he, and he's and he's more becoming more of a more of a more of a platoon player. And he's he's batting one fifty nine, just not good. He he's he has like a thirty eight point eight percent strikeout rates. He's he's really he's really he's just been he's been really lackluster this entire year. And Yankees fans have had their and and the front office and team are at their wits their wits end with him. He's a free agent, so a team could probably acquire him for cheap. And if my guess is get if Gallo doesn't get traded, he's probably he could potentially be DFA'd. So it could be a potential waiver pickup for the Phillies or or rather than any other team in the MLB. And then also, like I mentioned earlier, Luis Castillo from the Reds was traded from the. Was traded to the Mariners, who the Mariners again get up through their top five prospects, and, and as well as more, as well as more, as well as more, as well as more for for Castillo and the Reds got again Reds got King King's ransom for him, and he's been and again just really really solid all year long. He's been pitching an ace level this year for the Reds. He's been fantastic. So that's, I think it's a great trade for the Mariners. I think it's a great trade for the Reds. It's a win win. Now another trade which I think the Reds won complete outright was. And they trade Tyler Naquin to the Yankees, which I mean, not the Yankees, the Mets. The the Mets gave a ton in return for him. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really sure what what they were thinking with this. He, what they 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 they, tra- they traded like a 19 and 20 year old prospect. I wasn't really sure what the what the negotiating tactic was. Uh, like they traded, they trade they trade Jose Acuna and Hector Rodriguez. So Cunha is 19, year, 19 years old, and, and he's pitching an A ball right now. as a 2.670 RA, and Hector Rodriguez is an 18-year-old outfielder playing an A ball. But he's been playing really well there, too. He's at three, he's a 3.56 average, and has an 8.1% K rate. And they trade him for – and they and they trade both those guys for Tyler Naquin. I'm not, I'm not, exact, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what – again, I don't know what the angle is there. I really don't. It just it, it, it never made a, it never made a whole lot of sense. Currently, in this series batting two forty six, only seven on runs and thirty three RBIs. It's not. It's not. He's, he's an average outfielder. He's probably a fourth. He's probably a fourth outfielder at best. And the Yankees trade two potentially good prospects in return for him. So I don't know what the I don't know what the thinking was behind that, but that was a huge that was a huge win for the Reds there and a great trade. And so far, I think they've been they've been the winners of the deadline because they they've gotten a ton of top prospects. From both the from both the Mariners and the Mets, both and I think that's I think they're gonna they could potentially be a good team for the future. Again, they're they're gonna continue to sell. They're probably they're probably gonna have Tommy Pham, Brandon Drury, Tyler Tyler Mail Taylor Mail, who the Phillies were looking at. And now, and again, and again, the Reds have more to sell, and uh, they could and they could potentially get a lot more prospects in return. So, so far, I'd say they're worse than that line, but again. A, we have a lot longer to go. It's only July 30th, and the deadline's on August 2nd. You know how much how much can happen within that time period. 
So that'll wrap it up for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll have another one for you next week, and and hopefully we'll see you then. I hope everyone has a great weekend, and go Phillies.